What's up, DC collectors? Welcome back to DC Collecticast, talking action figures and collectibles from the DC universe. I am your host, Benjamin David. We got Toy Shiz with us today, at T-O-Y-S-H-I-Z on Instagram, an amazing Instagram profile, uh, minute-by-minute toy updates and reviews. Met this guy right at the DC Collectibles booth at Toy Fair, where else? Um, Hit it off immediately, knew I had to have him on the show, had him on, it was a blast. Today is part one with Toy Shiz, Uh, stay tuned for either next episode or the following for part two. Um, Yeah, man. Such a good talk I had with this guy. You can find the show you're listening to now on iTunes, not SoundCloud. I was about to say SoundCloud. (laughs) Uh, iTunes, the Anchor app, and many other pod places. Please subscribe. Write us a five-star review. Really helps us out. Um, Check out my toy reviews, Benjamin David's toy reviews, on uh, c506.net. C506 is the awesome Latin American website uh, for whom I write and who got me into Toy Fair with the press passes and all that stuff. We legitimize DC Collected Cast with my press access. Gracias to C506 for that. Uh, so again, check them out. C506.net. Not only for my reviews, but uh, if you do speak Spanish, there's a bunch of toy reviews on there in the Spanish language, and then mine are in English, of course. Um, check us out. Patreon.com slash Batman Beyond Podcast. That's Patreon.com slash Batman Beyond Podcast. That's where you can help out our show and all the shows on the comicbookintl.com network. We are part of the comicbookintl.com network, CBI. And um, yeah, man, got a bunch of shows above and Batman Beyond, 80s, 90s movie cast, Batyard's Finest, uh, Get Futurized is coming this week, and then we got Update Nerd Style. Update Nerd Style is a toys and games show, uh, so yeah, that's definitely applicable here. We just had the Young Justice music composers, Christopher Carter, Lolita Ritmanis, and Michael McQuistian on our Above and Batman Beyond podcast. Super exciting. We had them on before. Uh, We just had them on again. So obviously, if you're a DC fan and you're listening to this, uh, if you like Young Justice, listen to that ep. 80s, 90s movie cast. We just did a Captain Marvel, uh, the 90s of Captain Marvel episode. That's been fun. So two episodes of that are posted. And then we have uh, Once Upon a Tarantino Begins coming. Uh, So that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie uh, from Quentin Tarantino, we're starting to do his 90s movies to uh, lead up to that. And then we're going to go see that and review it. So can't wait for that. Or I shouldn't say review. We discuss 80s, 90s movies. Uh, Yeah, Get Futurized. We're going to start applies to this show, definitely, because it's Batman Beyond we're starting with. Surprise, surprise. I like Batman Beyond. Uh, But that show analyzes futuristic sci-fi from the perspective of science, tech, and philosophy. And we start with Batman Beyond. So stay tuned for that. And then again, yeah, update nerd style, toys and games. We cover, uh, also we cover Marvel video games, I should say, not just games, video games. So if you're a gamer on that show, uh, Marvel video games and an anime. I am not on that show on the recent episodes, but our host Owen at Hadoen, H-A-D-O-N on Instagram really knows his stuff. And that's been a blast. Enjoy this episode of DC Collecticast. All right, welcome Toy Shiz to DC Collecticast. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, I met Toy Shiz at uh, Toy Fair of all places, appropriately. Funny how that works out, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
so weird meeting you in such a place. I know. What are the odds of that? We, we met in the, uh, in the DC collectibles, right? In the booth, right? Hell yeah, we did. And for our show, perfect place. Yeah. You were, uh, you were taking photos of those new, like, expanded universe type uh, Bruce Tim designed, you know, toys and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I saw your T-shirt. I was like, oh, what's up? <laughs> That's how I like to do it. I, that shirt and Batman Beyond stuff, I talk about it on the Beyond show all the time. How, like, well, I actually, who brought it up recently was uh, Eli, my co-host. And he's like, dude, every time we're out, every single time we're out, somebody stops you to compliment either and if it's not the above and batman beyond like if it's not the podcast shirt it's i have like a beyond hoodie that i wear and just anything beyond related people <laughs> invariably stop me and they're like yo batman beyond it's so weird yeah i think batman beyond for you know certain generations certainly i think ours uh it was completely different and it there really hasn't been another cartoon show like it it was very it was very twisted dark show but it was very entertaining not saying like the later seasons where they got involved with the the more lighthearted people weren't allowed to die and everything else like yeah. that but um <laughs> i mean the first season was like that was that was pretty pretty dark and the animation the colors and everything was oh it was completely different than what was being done at the time yeah it totally was i mean at that point because it started in 99 so you had already been Two years into New Batman Adventures, when Bruce Tim relaunched, um, not relaunched, but the what he called the revamp, what a lot of people call the uh, redesign of you know going from Batman the Animated Series to then New Batman Adventures, same universe, different design for those unfamiliar. But I think what's cool about Beyond is that you see it's. I always like anything that's like at the end of its, you know, even stories, even Beyond. I mean, it's the guy. It's the last ride into the sunset for the Western. Yeah. Or, you know, Bruce Wayne at his end. Um, like tragedy or hope. I think Beyond gives you some hope because you have Terry. But at the same time, it's like seeing something at its end. At this, Even production-wise, though, like Beyond was at the end of hand-drawn Warner Brothers animation. It was. And so you had like the beginning of Beyond... I think I don't know if the show ever. I think at some point they flipped digitally to the show, but yeah, the, that first season's hand drawn. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, even when I was like a little kid, I remember being like, "The colors are off" because they switched to digital, and the digital ones were so bright, and it was a complete like flip to that dark and like you're saying, cel shaded, hand drawn style. That and then and then the the character lines started to become jagged because at the time they they hadn't really perfected that style of animation yet using all those those lines and you could you could tell like especially in the hd kind of versions everything's really like a little bit off yeah yeah it doesn't in look some right. Senses. Right. yeah <laughs> i just remember egg baby that was the episode egg where baby. i was like something's off color wise or something in the show like i don't i don't know and then you know come to read about it because that's that's back when we didn't have the internet to tell us things we had to like <laughs> figure it all out like the only reason i knew about the revamp of the new batman adventures was uh, through toy fair they had this article on it and i remember opening that up and i'm like whoa look at all the character designs those are gonna make for great toys and then they didn't really make any any toys basically i mean they had like the riddler joker two-face but not like killer croc or scarecrow it wasn't until justice league unlimited that i think we finally got to those <laughs> 
Uh, Figure-wise, you're talking. Yeah, figure. That's pretty interesting. So, yeah, let's get into... uh, We are on DC Collecticast, but we'll keep it with... Because we wanted to hit BTAS we talked about. Oh, yeah, let's let's do all... Everything. Do it all, baby. Yeah. Um, But the... So... That's interesting you said that about the figures. So Kenner had the license for quite some time, mid-80s, I believe. Um, it started with the Superpowers line, which is another thing we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, they – well, actually, Toy Biz had uh, – they, they had the Batman movie line that they did. A lot of people think it's Kenner, but it was Toy Biz. Actually, I was talking to a company at Toy Fair, and they're like, man, I can't wait for them to bring back those – those Kenner uh, Batman, you know, 89 figures. I'm like, it's actually Toy Biz. And they're like, no, 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 it's Kenner. I'm like, no, it's not. It's... <laughs> it was, uh, it's Toy Biz. So they had it. And then, yeah, Kenner took over, you know, doing, you know, I think it was, they started with, I want to say Batman Returns, but they definitely did Batman the Animated Series and then new Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, all that stuff. So, But so they did, did Kenner discontinue when new Batman adventures hit, they just kind of stopped making figures. They, they did the new Batman adventures and it quickly turned into one villain per wave kind of thing. And then it was just a bunch of like ice shield Batman and razor sharp claw bat. You know what I mean? Like all those (laughs) Batmans that they did through like legends of the dark Knight, which was actually like an interesting toy line, to be honest. But uh... yeah, you mentioned that to me via email. That was another thing that you listed, and I I had seen those like in like used places, but nothing because that's an older line. So yeah, talk about those. The Legends of the Dark Knight line. Legends of the Dark Knight was based off of the like the comic book that had come out some years prior, and they did some really stylized, almost like scary looking kind of like overly sculpted like ninja turtles was was playmates back in the Mm. day um but i always remember you know batman he was just roided out there was one (laughs) called the the twister strike scarecrow he was you know back in the day when you get certain toys it was always like wow like i can't believe they made this nowadays it's like well of course they made this i expect it but the scarecrow was huge the joker had this uh, I think it was called Laughing Gas Joker or something like that. He had, it was basically Joker in an oversized suit, and then you'd pull apart his arms and suit and everything, and he's like underneath with like, you know, a regular sized body and stuff like that. So they went really, really creative with a lot of the of the toys in that line, but it was also you know fairly short lived. I want to say like they didn't. I don't think it really caught on. It was at a time when like it was Batman Overload, like you had. Batman and Robin and you know you had Batman the animated series and everything else like that. I mean one of the cool ones was um Pirate Bat they had Pirate Batman. Oh <laughs> my god. Bane, Penguin, who else? They had, I think they had a Man Bats. Yeah, I'm looking at them. There's a Man Bat Lethal Impact Bane. Yeah. So they were very much like Batman figures on steroids kind of thing, but then also doing a lot of stuff that we see in comics these days, but Batman had like I remember that one of the sculpts had the super long ears. And as a kid, you know, because I was a big Batman, the animated series fan, these weren't exactly what I was gravitating towards. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I like, I like the villains, but you know, to see Batman in that sense, it was, it was weird. Mm. Cause I'm like, I, I want the cartoon, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Because it's not. So you're. Um, how old are you? Uh, I'm in my 30s now. Okay. Yeah, I'm mid 30s. So I figure, yeah, we were around the same age. So for us, it's more of like our Batman is not as much the comics Batman. Yeah, I want to say like it, it it goes certain with certain characters for me like Spider-Man was comics first and let's say like Batman was cartoon first mm. and it just depended on kind of what was being fed to us you know as a little kid but you know growing up going to thrift stores and stuff I had so many Spider-Man comic books that that was like oh cool this is you know this is interesting this is Spider-Man I get it and it wasn't when the Spider-Man animated series came out that's when I lost my mind I was like this is like the best thing. And I kind of ditched Batman for a while. I was like, I'm on Spider-Man's train right now. You know? <laughs> so you, you oscillated Marvel DC kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I feel like that you were always being pulled in either direction. <laughs> it was never, you, you couldn't have one or, you know, both at the same time. It was always one or, uh, or nothing. Right. And then sometimes it would go to spawn. <laughs> oh man. Spawn. Yeah. Was McFarlane putting out those those super crazy detailed figures? Like, was that line and was that company toy wise around in the '90s when that comic was coming out? Like at the height of Spawn. Yeah, they they Spawn came out and then um, you know they started really emphasizing the toys, and it's funny because a lot of people I talk to, you know, Neco of course is blowing up. They do fantastic toys, yeah, really but do. McFarlane McFarlane was the one that took toys to like a whole other level first they they were like you know you have these let's basically five points of articulation toys let's use that let's keep that let's maybe put some wrist rotation here not certainly not the first couple waves of the spawn figures but as they got you know more grandiose and everything i mean they they did eventually turn into like pre-posed statues but the the detail on those things were amazing you know they were just yeah mcfarlane is no joke yeah it's um i didn't know that that's pretty interesting i mean it makes sense looking at the detail and and placing that in time of the 90s of like it doesn't feel out of place to think about highly detailed highly articulated figures in the 90s but it's also early for it when you look at other things that were coming out concurrently exactly yeah and you know to have the legends of the dark knight those were you know a good precursor as well they weren't as painted sculpted as like the spawn figures but i mean the spawn figures had that that gross element that kids like to <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of skeletons a lot of death and everything else so they used to sell them at target huh. and then I, I it's funny when they had spawn and then like I found the same time, like Toy Biz was like, well, let's start doing like they did. Um, it may not coincide perfectly, but they did the Venom line, which is a lot more gruesome and things like that, like kind of scary for kids. And I think those sold well. So I think it was that natural progression, like grosser, weird, evil amounts to selling, you know, for <laughs> for kids and collectors and everything. Gross, weird, evil is the trifecta of boys buying toys. I think so. Yeah, I, that's the three things that I look for. Yeah, it's a little checklist that I take with me to Target when I go. Some people review things based on things like articulation and paint. Gross, weird, evil is the real barometer you want to look at. 
Yeah, I, a lot of people, a lot of people say to me, they're like, you know, how can, how can you like, how can you like this particular figure? How, how you know, how could you even say recommend this type of figure? And mm. one of the ones that was most recent, like, didn't have a an ab crunch or a waist swivel. And I try to tell everyone, I'm like, first of all, this totally reminds me of something that I've always wanted from back in the day. So it's a total nostalgia thing for me. Yeah. And the other thing being that I grew up with five points of articulation. So if his like wrists or head moves and stuff like that, I'm good. Like as long as it looks like what it looks like, we're, we're stellar. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. It's like, I don't need an ab crunch or yeah, high articulation. You're right. And that could just be because we're older and it doesn't, you know, these are toys they are things that are supposed to be fun. They look like the thing that you like to begin with, be it Batman yeah, or exactly. whatever else. And, you, you know, know. yeah. Well, I did a video last night just for fun. Um, I grew up with the real Ghostbusters and that nice. has always been my, my favorite, favorite, you know, thing to talk about. And Diamond Select they sent over some of their new real Ghostbusters figures and I did a little comparison video and to see where it's come, like the Kenner ones will always be special, you know, all the toys and all the ghosts and everything, but to see that the level of detail and sculpt and everything that they can achieve now, I mean, if we would have had that back in the day that, you know, we were happy just with the figures kind of resembling the cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. There is that thing of like, this is good enough because it's what I'm used to. But now that I'm older and can make this stuff myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, and then putting them side by side, you're just like, yeah, we've come, we've come quite a far distance. <laughs> That's a great idea to do that. Yeah, it was fun. I, I had a, you know, it's just one of those I'm sitting in my studio and like playing around and I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to do a quick talk video on, on how they, you know, they've changed and everything else, and and you know, and honestly, some cases Kenner kind of still did the better thing than what Diamond can do. It's just it's funny how that kind of works. Maybe you don't necessarily improve upon, but you can add to it, change it. You know, it all depends on your taste and everything else. Mm. So yeah, let's get into now. I mean, we got a taste of you just said talked about Ghostbusters. Uh, talk about toy shiz. So it sounds like. Ghostbusters is your jam on a personal level, but talk about what you do. Talk about uh, what brought a guy named Toy Shiz to Toy Fair. <laughs> That's just that is just actually my name. It's just Toy Shiz. <laughs> so I'm lucky it worked out, you know, perfectly. Uh, you know, I, this, you know, I try to always tell the story. The sense of, you know, I worked in illustration, I worked in marketing, and everything else, and a lot of the ideas that I was doing or let's just say for one of the companies, they were like, nah, like this will never work. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to prove it. And, you know, it's one of those things where social media, you got to stay on it. You got to be engaging. You got to be fun. You can't just post stuff. But I took my love of toys and instituted. So I basically started Toys as like a Instagram. You know, I'm like, look at all my dumb little toys that I have, like my collection. Oh, it's so fascinating. Don't you want to see? There's a million of these things on Instagram. But I got more in terms of like a lot of people were telling me, I don't know as much as I know about toys, I don't know anything. And I'm like, well, that's where I could come in because I know a heck of a lot about toys, probably more than I should <laughs> and or more than anybody should really. <laughs> but I like those little details and weird facts and everything else. I'm like a sponge to those things. Mm. So I kind of I tried to use that. And then, you know, I always tell everybody toys just wouldn't really exist without 
all of my subscribers and everyone that write in on a daily basis saying, hey, I found this. Hey, I found this wild thing. I can't believe this is out. So it's more about getting news out to people, being more informative, and it's more for people on the go. They don't have the time to explore forums or websites or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but majority of people, especially older you know, fans and stuff like that, they, you know, they just don't have the time. They want it like, where can I go get this immediately? And that's where I try to, to get in. And, you know, we talk about different companies. If companies are like, hey, well, this is coming out. Can you talk about this? Can you do this? So, yeah. And I think it makes it easier. Hopefully, hopefully people find it easy to go into a store and find their stuff as a result. Yeah, I mean, you just, all you got to do is check toy, at Toysha's s-h-i-z on instagram check that story any time of day and you have like a full scope of what is going on toy store report wise at any time yeah and you know again to everybody who always writes in i always say thank you so much because i mean it's like it's basically like a group effort you know it's everybody being like you know people write in just this morning before we started the podcast somebody found something and I always try to make it where I'm like, this is amazing, but just before you reach for your car keys, it's not supposed to be out yet. So you won't, you probably won't find it in the store just yet. You know, here's the street date, here's the DPCI. But once that street date hits, you're golden. And some people find exceptions to that rule, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Target, Target and Walmart and then GameStop, whatever, they try very hard, but uh, us collectors are very cunning, crafty, crafty people. <laughs> That they are. Yeah, yeah. When you want, when you want toys, we, we we're we're like unstoppable sometimes. <laughs> it's like, no, I have to have it. Why don't I have it? And it'll be out in a week or two. It'll probably be on clearance by the time you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feeling that you're describing right now is why I knew at some point I had to focus on starting a DC collectible show because it was just like. I can't not, and I can't keep devoting, like, I, I can't devote as much to the Beyond show to collectibles. It just wouldn't be fair to the franchise of Beyond to keep hitting collectibles. Um, I mean, I, I do when there's a Beyond thing, but I'm not going to have, like, a whole episode about, <laughs> you know, what we're talking about now on a Beyond show. It just doesn't make sense. So. I know, and it's, well, it's funny talking about, like, if you want to talk about Batman Beyond figures from back in the day, those were, and as much as I, I love the ones that I have, was one of the worst toy lines ever <laughs> in conjunction with the actual show because it was like razor blade Batman, lava burst Batman. I'm like, where is Blight and Ink and Shriek and Spellbinder and everyone else that is on this show? I think they only made, they made two Jokers and Blight and... Uh, I think that maybe one other villain. I know they didn't make Shriek. You know, none of the. Uh, the and then they made the Batmobile. That was cool. But a lot of it was like. Yeah, like stuff you never saw on the show. It's so weird. Yeah. So in that sense, <laughs> I think it wasn't until Mattel got it and did Justice League Unlimited that they actually had a good Batman Beyond. They had, um, you know, Bruce Wade and and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Thing, things that you know it's like the real ghostbusters thing where they make a bunch of ghosts and people are relatively happy but you don't see the ones that you want from the actual tv show so it throws you off a little bit 
I think Burger King actually did an ink figure, and I actually cut off the keychain. Yes, they part. did. Yeah, and I I put that. I was <laughs> like, somebody made ink. That's good. <laughs> There's an ink in figure four. I will do whatever I have to do. Right, and it's funny. You know, going back in the day again, you know, there wasn't a way to like look up products. You'd have to call or go into a store, which I still kind of do. But um, <laughs> I love the people's questions. I go like, yeah, you know, you have this, and here's the DPCI, and they're like, what are you even talking about? How old are you, sir? <laughs> but uh, you know, the the Batman Beyond figures. I think it was Blight and Happy, which was like the other Joker or something like that. I found them at Rite Aid or something like that because. They certainly never hit Target or anything else like that. It was towards the end of the line. And for whatever reason, yeah, I walked into a Rite Aid and I was like, oh, cool. Like, well, these are $12.99. They're all jacked up in price, but I'll get them. <laughs> so you were collecting back then. Oh, yeah. No, this has been an ongoing thing since I was probably about four or five you know, years old, wow. something like that. All right. So you are toy shoes. I tried to be, at least. <laughs> now, I will tell everyone that, you know, once you hit 21, you, I kind of got out of it for a little bit because I was like, well, I'm going to spend my money on the ladies and right. other adult things that I can do now that I'm, you know, that age. But, uh, yeah, it, it came back. It, it never goes away. It's huh. it's an obsession. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, admittedly, I, I was talking about the Beyond show, but at um, at first, one of my first shows was... It was called Geek News, Bat News, and part of it was doing like toy store reports and stuff like that. But I just, I, I quickly came to the point of like, there's a million Batman podcasts out there and I don't just want to talk about toys, so I put it uh, aside. But even before that, like toys, it's funny. I love the toys as a kid, but I was never, I can't call myself a collector mm -hmm. until like 28. It's really funny. And then I just... yeah. It was like part of my renaissance back into, I call it a renaissance because it was just so, I was deeply into the uh, cartoon Yeah. as a kid. I'm, you know, my, it's what my co-host on Above calls like, I'm the media guy because I just took in way too much television as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> um, I still use Batman references when i say you know like the other day i think i said shway and i was like what did i just say like why why would i you know in your head you're like am i really that it's it's that bad i'm that nerdy god dang it's embedded yeah um but yeah it's funny like and and the dark knight trilogy cinematic batman i always stayed with and stuff but mm -hmm. um especially when when dark knight begins came out but that yeah i didn't it, it's funny how like but I do like talking to people, especially on the collectible show, um, who have been stayed with the collectibles and, and had that relationship. I mean, again, I had the toys, but to be a collector as a kid, that must have been even more exciting when new figures would come out. Yeah. It, I, when I was doing my video on the Ghostbusters last night, I was telling people, like, you know, you had the back of a figure box that told you what's coming out. Or you'd go to a friend's house. Like a friend of mine always had like the newest stuff. And, you know, as a kid, you'd have to beg to go to Target or Toys R Us or something like that. You know, it wasn't thing. And if you actually did get to go, chances are you're not going to walk away with anything. 
but then you didn't have any money so yeah exactly that's what I, I laugh about these days is because you know figures are so expensive and people say well they're for kids kids do buy them yeah here and there but no kid is walking in going like i want that marvel legends figure for like 20 bucks i know you know i see so many times when <laughs> you're in the toil and the kid's like i want this and the mom's like well you don't have any allowance money i'm like yeah that was me back then i'm like I, i'm glad figures were like 5.99 6.99 you know <laughs> in that 10 to under 10 dollar price range because toys these days yeah they're they're ridiculously expensive and they're only going to get more expensive as it goes on but they are doing fantastic things with every license every company is nailing it like there's not there's no company that you're like that's not good or oh that doesn't encompass that movie property or brand or something like that like everybody there's too much good stuff it's just a great thing right but it's also like how much more can i possibly collect or hoard or you know some kind of like i'm gonna be on amc hoarders one day or something like that you know like six coffee pots and just <laughs> boxes of action figures with 12 cats <laughs> that's another reason why like i was gonna do maybe just a collectible show and i was like i can't if i do that it's endless like I will, the anxiety that it would cause me to have to worry about other franchises beside DC, because I look at that stuff. I walked into the Funko booth at Toy Fair anytime I go by Star Wars, and then it's just a, like a two-hour black hole. Yeah, it is. In, in the best way. It's just, that's that's like to speak to what you're saying of how, and I, I got to say how freaking lucky we are to be like... I'm kind of glad too. I'm at a level where I can at least I'm at a time in my life where I can buy them and afford them to an extent work as a journalist, have people send me stuff. Um, and then talk about it on like a real level, go to things like toy fair. Cause like you said, it's just such an exciting time to be into this stuff. Yeah. That, that was my first toy fair. And really? I was, I was talking to you know a friend of mine I'm sitting in my hotel room and I had that real like moment where I was like, I started this for fun. And then I was like, you know, it gradually built up in the two and a half years I've been doing this so far. And now I'm sitting in New York City at the biggest toy event, you know, ever. And I had this like big smile on my face. I'm like, that is pretty exciting. So Yeah, you should be proud of yourself, dude. Seriously. Well, I chalk it up to, you know, everyone who appreciates and digs what Toy Shiz does. So, you know, that's just it, it all it makes it full circle and I couldn't be more appreciated of it. It's awesome. And what people, listeners who might not understand, this isn't just the toy convention. Like you said, it's, you know, it's the biggest, it is the biggest international toy event on the planet every year. It's a trade slash press event. Um, listeners of my show, you might know this, but if you're a first time listener, like it's a big deal to get into. I, I was fortunate enough to get a press pass via um, writing and I write for C506 net and uh i you know super appreciative two years ago i was writing for a different website but what's amazing about you know you as toy is going there like you had to build up that following so you know the website i write for now for example or that i wrote before before they had the following and the access to press passes then me by virtue of writing for them got me those that same access you had to build up yeah, all of the following that would get you. So you have to present to them the certain what, how many followers you have? Like, how does it work? Yeah, it was. Um, I I got last year. They said, you know, it, it was kind of like I guess it was like a 
misunderstanding, however it was relayed to me, but I didn't get to, I didn't get a pass last year, let's say. And they were like, well, you don't have enough um, followers on YouTube. And it's my Instagram, but, you know, to be honest, it just started hitting that, I think around 10,000 mark. And, you know, they were like, next year we'll have you. Right. So I applied and went through all that and, and everything else. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a for sure thing or something like that. And sure enough, they're like, yeah, here's your badge. We'd love to have you. Thank you. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, booked my flight, got my hotel and bingo, bingo. I was, uh, on my way. So I was so stoked. I, I woke, it was like at four o'clock in the morning. I got the email. Cause like, I think they're East coast time. And I was like, what? <laughs> ah, like I'm going, let's go. Just got an email from New York. You know, it's the future. <laughs> no, but seriously, you should be proud of yourself too. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't be more proud. And just, you know, it just, to go to Toy Fair, and like you were saying, it's not like Comic-Con. And like a lot of friends that I had talked to who had actually been, they were telling me the same thing. You know, it's not like Comic-Con. It's going to be a totally different experience. And it was. It's very much, it's business. And I'm in meetings all day. And I'm in, you know, talking about, what we do, what I can do, you know, how do we, you know, do something rad to start talking about these toys in the way that I like to present them. I don't like telling people, you know, um, you, you know, to get on that side where it's always just like, bye, bye, bye. It's like, let's have some fun and poke fun. And why did a company do this? And, you know, it's more of like that, it, this should be a fun, collectible experience. I try to, you know, we don't, you exclude anyone or or talk about negativity in that sense because that is the quickest way to bring down that type of fun that you're supposed to be having with all these you know types of toys and um you know it, it, that's just it should be fun and that's that's what i'm trying to be about <laughs> that's awesome yeah i i couldn't agree more i have um i had that issue with this podcast of, and I'm not, not to get into detail, but it's just like a huge difference of opinion. Uh, when I first started the show and now I've changed the format because it was like, you know, I just couldn't agree with the person about, and and you know, it wasn't like we butted heads real bad about it, but I could just tell that like, now that we've gone separate ways, it's a good thing because you know, that, that was just his style of like, not all the time. It's not like that was, his style a hundred percent, but it was just part of kind of like his voice of going like, well, this is what I, I really, you know, it would, it would be like a talking point. Like today I want to talk about how much I can't stand this figure. Got it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, what's the point of that? That's the thing. A lot of people say, I, you know, I can't believe you like this figure. I can't believe you recommend it. And, or, or company will send me something. And of course it's part of the the biz. Like you're supposed to talk them up, but I, I try to do it in a way where it's, I mean, it's pretty clear. Like, if I'm not happy with the product, you know, and I'll tell, you know, beforehand, I'll be like, I think that, like, while I'm not 100% on this, if you have a kid or if you remember this show or that, then you might actually like it for yourself. But the only way to do that is to try it out. You know what I mean? Like, you have to experience, don't just take what I'm saying. Because I, if I'm, if it's a Ghostbusters thing, it could be the worst thing in the world. I might go like, but I'm kind of overlooking it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. It's just, unless the figure full-on falls apart, breaks in half, it's just, like, the worst thing ever, which very rarely happens, you know what yeah. I mean? So. 
And it's just, again, I mean, sometimes what we do, it's, it's a hairy thing because I talk about this. I go back and forth with it because it's part of, you know, with the journalism, with the review side of what we do, you do have to be honest and you don't want to be like a yes man and you don't want to just always say that everything's perfect. Yeah. Because um, it's not. And, you know, no one wants to just hear uh, sunshine and rainbows. But at the same time, it's also like, I think what I'm what I'm driving at, and we, we talked about off mic before when we started, is just that uh, unfortunate part of the internet where people feel like they need to kind of go out of their way to be negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I, I like that it's uh, part of what you do to to say let's make this fun, uh, even if there might be some negative sides to it. Like let's try to spin it when we can, and just uh, these things are toys at the end of the day. And if you don't keep that spirit alive in these things, and it just turns into this like esoteric adults only nerdy not fun thing um what's the point of a toy exactly and like i try to tell everyone is like we're talking about toys here you know we're talking about play things that originated for kids the stuff that we collect nowadays they're not for kids we you know we can get out of that whole thing like toys are for kids and stuff these are figures or collectibles and stuff sure but if you take this too seriously, <laughs> then it becomes weird. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. if you go above and beyond, you know, screaming, ran and raven, that's when it turns weird. And I think that that kind of where it goes with Star Wars these days as well is that, like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love, love Me Star Wars. Too. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like you say, it's a slippery slope with stuff you want to collect. Lately, I've been finding myself kind of uninterested. And and there's a lot of great characters and stuff now coming out, which I'm like, I got to have that still. I got to have that still. But I'm not actively clamoring to collect them. And it's a bummer because I think a lot of it has turned into price gouging, too much, too much product at one time, not being able to find it, too many exclusives fans being somewhat negative and it's not everyone but you we all have to agree that there is that fan base that goes way too far in the right the wrong direction it's like these are just things these are tangible items that remind you of of a of a movie you know what i mean so (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) no no it doesn't yeah so you know with that the whole the java sail bars that you know, you wanted to touch. Yes. All right. So Toy Fair reveal 2019 was the, well, actually. All right. So 2018. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it was the, it started off as like a Kickstarter type. Yeah. Talk about the, talk about what we, yeah. So Hasbro last year, Toy Fair 2018, they announced they're going to be doing like a, their own version of Kickstarter. And Maddie Collector had kind of done that. A lot of people were like, eh, you know, on the fence about it. I, I was like, you know what? That's cool. I mean, it's cool. There's a lot of like underlying problems that if if you want to just sit back, relax and, and and get your toy, then don't don't worry about it. But you you know, if those problems are there, you know what I mean, they're not going to dissipate, but just basically don't pay attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole basis is like people were on the odds with what kind of Maddie Collector did. They didn't deliver on everything when they kind of did their kickstarter-ish kind of thing so with the has lab they're like we're gonna start doing this fan crowdfunded program and for the most part i was like that's cool like i'm not i I don't really collect 
the Star Wars three and three quarter inch. I have a ton of the power of the force when they relaunched Star Wars. That's what kind of got me back into Star Wars as a kid mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it wasn't. Ex- Those were the 90s line of Star Wars figures. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I have basically probably the first couple runs of the waves of those figures, but they did. They announced at Toy Fair they're going to do the Jabba's sail barge, which they've never done, and it was five hundred bucks plus tax. And oh, that thing is scalable to the three and three quarter power of the force. That's what that is. Yeah, basically, yeah, power of the force or any of the new like the vintage collection, anything that's you know the smaller type right. Star Wars figures that they've been running with since the nineties. You know, some of them, you know, with with the different styles, different cartoons that come out, they all kind of line up in some way some are bigger some are you know more animated looking but for the most part they're all in that basic three and three quarter inch four inch sort of thing and then you get the larger monsters of course but um yeah they did the the barge and a a friend of mine um talker art he he got a barge he's been talking about it since you know he put the money down and I got to see it firsthand when I went to Vegas this past weekend and it it is amazing it's it's fantastic just to see it up close and to see, I think, you know, all that culmination of people collecting. This isn't really, let's say, for the casual collector. I don't think the casual collector would go for that. Plus, where is all the space? You know, this thing is like three feet, four feet long, something Good like that. Good Lord. But it's so detailed and there's so many different things on it that it's a perfect scene recreation type of thing. If you have all the characters and everything, you, you would be... It'd be fantastic to to own. It's amazing. It's a great feat. And the best part about it is, which I think I appreciate the most, is that they delivered exactly what they said they were going to do. And in some cases, that's not exactly a thing that always happens. So I think Hasbro, I got to give it to you on that one. They they nailed it. And now they're offering it to European collectors and everything. I'll buy it. I think it's a little bit more limited. But um, as long as they never release it in the stores or ever again i think they hit a a home run because in keeping with the collector community and everything i think that would be the best way to go you if you wanted one you got it you had every opportunity for three months to get one so i think that's uh i think it's definitely the way it should be (laughs) (laughs) do you see a do you see mattel or some or one of the DC companies doing that with like a huge bat cave or an Arkham Asylum or something. All right, DC collectors, you like that little cliffhanger right there? <laughs> uh, if you want to hear what Toy Shiz has to say about the super exciting subject of an Arkham Asylum and or bat cave playset, stay tuned here at DC Collecticast for his response. Uh, it's either, again, going to be part two is either going to be next episode or the following. Um, so subscribe, follow, listen. At DC Collecticast on Instagram, at DC Collecticast on Twitter. Never going to spell it. We are part of the comicbookintl.com network. Uh, write us a five-star review on Instagram. Again, that really helps us out. We're still kind of a new show, only 12 eps in, so it really helps us out. Um, our Batmobile correspondent, at Batman underscore forever underscore diecast on Instagram, Tim Jack is either going to return for next episode or the following. Um, But he's coming back. He is our correspondent and co-contributor here at DC Collecticast. So thanks to Tim Jack. 
Again, uh, episode 10, we were at Toy Fair, New York Toy Fair. Don't forget to check out that episode if you haven't yet. And um, more from Toy Shiz. Thank you for listening to DC Collecticast. Alright guys, so if you want to hear the end of movie one for Alessandro's live-action trilogy pitch, uh, stay tuned here and above and Batman Beyond. I just want to ensure you that is not the end of the first movie. Just for technical reasons, I am going to cut it there. But again, next week we're going to be back uh, with Eps ep by eps uh episode by episodes of batman beyond uh alessandro from today's episode again is going to be with us uh with us for every episode of those and then eli benson our co-host here at batman underscore beyond underscore fan page is coming back as well um again guys stay safe and uh tune into all the distractions we got for you the youtube channel above and batman beyond and then all the stuff we got coming for you live stream everything